Welcome to Insurance Made Simple. This is episode 17. I am your host, Peter Vitale. Thank you for joining me today. And we have so much insurance-related news to discuss on this episode. In this episode, we are going to dedicate entirely to a key no-fault decision that the Michigan Court of Appeals made recently and how it affects the auto insurance reform uh, that we have gone through over the past few years in Michigan. And it's hard to believe that it's already been a few years since this huge legislative reform took effect. It took effect in early July of 2020, as many people here may remember. And a little background on what happened. And, and even those of you who aren't in Michigan, you may find this absolutely as fascinating as I do because Michigan had one of the most unique systems for auto insurance out of any state in the entire country. And what made it unique also made it really expensive for auto insurance coverage in Michigan. And a lot of people would say that there was a tremendous benefit to the level of coverage that was afforded to people, but it was really expensive. And everyone knew that Michigan auto insurance was really expensive, uh, the most expensive in the country. And, and the reason that was in what made Michigan unique was this unlimited lifetime coverage for personal injury protection. And for those of you who don't know what personal injury protection is, that's a fancy way of saying medical insurance coverage for injuries that uh, result from an automobile accident. So what this unique coverage was is it provided medical coverage for injuries sustained in an automobile accident. And it was unlimited, so it could cost $100, it could cost $100 trillion. Literally, it would have had to have been paid if that's what it cost. So it was an unlimited amount, and it was for the rest of your life. And that's why Michigan auto insurance was so expensive. So let's think about that. You get into an auto accident in Michigan, and you have a lifetime amount of unlimited coverage. And everyone was mandated and had to pay for that level of coverage. And so you might be asking, all right, Peter, well, what state out there had the next highest limit? And the next highest limit was New York that required $50,000 in coverage. So we go all the way from unlimited to 50000 That's a big difference, right? Yeah, of course it is. So that's what made Michigan's auto uh, policies very expensive. And as we remember, you know, in 2019, uh, Governor Whitmer signed a uh, what they will call and what many people call a historic bill to change the auto insurance uh, industry in Michigan and to change the legislation that governs how auto insurance companies have to pay uh, and what they have to pay for. And it went into effect a little over a year later in July of 2020, and it offered Michigan drivers a choice on, do you want unlimited? Do you want a half million in coverage? Do you want a quarter million in coverage? Or in certain cases, if you have certain types of health insurance, do you want to opt out because those uh, bills could be paid by your, your medical insurance provider? And so let's think about this, right? So Michigan required unlimited PIP. And, every, you know, New York, next highest amount was, was 50000 So, you know, what, what most people may naturally be thinking now is, Peter, what happened to some driver in 
Oklahoma gets into an auto accident and doesn't have this coverage, you know, are they just in trouble and are they going to go bankrupt paying for, for medical bills or, you know, why was Michigan the only one, you know, doing this? And really the answer there is really simple, right? Is in most of the other states, folks would eventually be on a Medicaid type program uh, to pay for their uh, injuries from an automobile accident. Now, the difference between Michigan and a Medicaid program or the Michigan Unlimited PIP at the time in a Medicaid program is that the Michigan policy provided for in-home care and many other things that, that Medicaid doesn't cover. And it would even compensate your relatives or a friend or someone who is performing work in your house for you um, that you could not do yourself or, you know, care for you, um, you know, uh, if you're injured. And that was, that's pretty unusual, right? Um, but it was a benefit of the Michigan automobile policy. And I think that everyone, no matter what side of this issue you're on, we can all probably agree that there was some waste, fraud, and abuse in the system. Because let's just be honest and candid, right? There's probably waste, fraud, and abuse in every system for anything that exists because there's always bad actors everywhere. And, and, you know, I mean, it's an unfortunate part of human society, but it is what it is. And certainly there was waste, fraud, and abuse in this system. So how did insurance companies fund this unlimited amount of coverage? And the truth is, and probably the little-known truth, is that they didn't actually provide unlimited coverage. The coverage, the unlimited coverage, came from the Michigan Catastrophic Claim Association. So if you had a, a claim and it hit over a certain limit, let's call it a half million dollars because the limit would change year to year with inflation. Um, so let's just call it a half million. So when medical expenses from an automobile accident exceeded this half million dollar amount, the insurance companies reimbursed by the Michigan Catastrophic Claim Association. And, you know, the next question should be, well, how is money getting into the Michigan Catastrophic Claim Association, Peter? Because they just don't have make-believe money to reimburse the insurance companies for claims over a half million, right? And of course not. It's not imaginary money. It's real money. And um, that real money uh, is put there because the insurance company collected a premium per car per year and for everybody in Michigan and remitted it to this catastrophic claim association. And that's how they got money to pay the claims over a half million. So, Fast forward all the way to PIP reform happening. PIP reform happens, and what happens? So if you have certain levels of coverage, the Michigan Catastrophic Claim Association fee, instead of being what it once was, is zero. So no money going into the Catastrophic Claim Association because the Catastrophic Claim Association says there's not going to be as many claims, we're not going to pay out as much because people are going to choose these other levels of coverage. Which makes sense, right? If people are opting out of unlimited personal injury protection, there's no, there's going to be less claims reimbursed out of the Catastrophic Claim Association. Makes sense. So they're going to bring the fee down. They actually brought the fee to zero if you're not buying unlimited coverage. So then what happens is very simple. Part of this law the reform that went into effect in July of 2020, part of this is it created a fee schedule. And it said for, you know, if you go 
to the hospital and you get an MRI from an auto accident. They can't charge you five grand for it. They can only charge you 200% of what they're charging Medicare. And that's for every procedure. If there's a Medicare billable rate for it, auto insurance companies are only now going to pay 200% of that rate. And eventually that 200% goes down a little bit and down a little bit and down a little bit. And so, right, if they have to pay less for a procedure, okay, then the Catastrophic Claim Association is going to pay less. Well, what happened in this law is they said that this isn't just going to happen for new accidents. It's also going to happen for old accidents. And it's retroactive. And, you know, the law wasn't really written as good as it should have been, probably. And there was some ambiguity and some confusion. And so what happens anytime there's ambiguity and confusion in a law, right, someone goes to court and challenges it. And what has played out in this case um, that really is the reason I'm talking about this on this podcast is what's happened is this uh, – in this case, the Michigan Court of Appeals has said the fee schedule to lower the amount for a particular procedure that someone is getting as a result of an auto accident does not impact old claims, only new claims that happened after the law went into effect. Okay, let's just dissect that for a second. First of all, to me, I think that seems logical, right? If you had an old claim, why would the old claim be paid any different than it has been paid previously? It shouldn't be changed, right? Um, it should continue going on. But the second part of it is, okay, now what happens? Because it's not like there are just a few of these claims. I mean, listen, there's not a tremendous amount of them, but there certainly is a few. And I'm looking at an article from the Detroit Free Press that cites a statistic that says there were 17,542 individuals with an open claim from the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association as of June 30th, 2021. And that's the most recent data that's available. That's a lot of claims. So in this case, which um, you know is the topic of this podcast and is a recent news in Michigan, the Michigan uh, Court of Appeals, you know, in a two-to-one ruling, basically said these old claims have to be paid at whatever they were being. There is no cap on that. There is no cap on a procedure that you can't do this anymore, and you can't be paying out a lower payout for these um, procedures. They have to be billed as if they always were. So I think that's probably a pretty fair assessment. But let's, you know, that it's not for me to be the decider of what's fair, what's not. Obviously, we have elected uh, and appointed judges in uh, in this country that uh, do a very good job of that. So that's what these judges did. Now, what's the interesting part? The interesting part here is not, well, I mean, it's all interesting, right? But, you know, a very interesting part for me anyways, is that there were billions and billions of dollars in the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association Fund. And at Governor Whitmer's direction, the Catastrophic Claims Association in late last year said, we're going to give a bunch of this money back. Now, it wasn't a surprise. They knew that this lawsuit was pending at the time that could have you know, unraveled this whole thing wasn't like it wasn't going on at the time. It was going on at the time. And 
they said, we're going to give everyone back $400 for every car they had insured on October 31st, 2021. Hey, that's pretty good, right? Everyone's getting $400 check back per car they had insured. A lot of people have two cars in their household. That's 800 bucks. You know, at the time, the economy's not doing that great. Inflation's going up. Eh, this is going to be helpful for people, right? Sure. If the prediction that they're not going to need the money to pay for these claims is true. It's a reasonable assumption. But they knew that wasn't guaranteed, and they still did it. And, you know, I'm just going to be honest. It doesn't seem like the responsible thing to do. Um, but maybe they were really, really confident their case was going to go their way. And so they then gave back all this money, which is billions and billions of dollars to Michigan drivers. Now this court case changes things. The Michigan Supreme Court is going to take up the case, but is not allowing the insurance companies to keep paying the old rate. They say you have to follow the Court of Appeals decision until we hear the case, unless we decide otherwise. But in the interim, you have to pay the old amount. And so guess what's going to happen? There's a lot more money that's going to need to come out of that catastrophic claim association fund to reimburse the insurers for the claims they're paying at the old rate. But they depleted billions and billions of dollars from the fund by giving everyone a $400 check back per car they had insured. So guess what happened now? Next year, everyone's going to have to start paying the $400 back. So everyone is going to have to pay $48 fee per year per car they have insured. So these guys just gave everyone $400 back per car per year, one time. And now they say every year you got to pay us $48 back because we gave you that $400 back. And by the way, that $48 per year could go up again. It doesn't make any sense. You gave us money back and now you're telling us we have to repay it. You knew at the time you gave us the money back that you might not have enough money if this court decision doesn't go the right way. And you did it anyways. So I think it was illogical, but I'm not a policymaker. I don't sit on the board of the Michigan Catastrophic Claim Association. Oh, but hang on, wait. Neither do policymakers. Who sits on the board of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association? Representatives from the insurance industry. Literally, the biggest insurance companies in the state put a representative on the board of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, and that's who runs the fund, the insurance industry. So in my mind, I think, you know, I mean, they did this at the governor's direction, so it's not like it was their own idea. But to be honest, let's just be honest, and let's just, this is seems to be very evident, right? It's a pretty popular idea to give everyone a check back for $400 per car they had insured because you're putting money in people's hands, right? And 2022 is an election year. So it's a pretty good idea for a politician to say, hey, how can I get money in people's hands? It might make me more popular and get me reelected. Now, I'm not saying that's why the governor did it. I'm just saying, you know, that could be something that someone in her position would think about when they made this. Not saying she did or didn't. We obviously don't know what's going on in her mind. But she didn't have the authority to make that decision, so she publicly called on the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association to do that. And remember, 
that's made up of representatives of the insurance industry. And they said, you know, hang on, wait a second. Maybe this is what they said. Maybe this is what they thought. We don't know if they thought this or not, but maybe they did. Maybe they thought, you know, we've got this case going on. We might win. We might lose. We think we're going to win. But we can give back the money to people now. And maybe, maybe the courts will be aware of that. And maybe the courts will realize, hey, they don't even have the money to pay these claims back without getting money from the people. So maybe this will be an incentive for the courts to rule in favor of the auto insurance industry and the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association. The court did not do that. The court said you cannot pay out less than you were for these pre-existing claims. Now, claims that happen after the law goes into effect, those are under the new law. That's just the way the, the world works. That's the way contracts work. And no problem. But that's not what happened here. What happened here is that the court said you cannot pay out less to these people. And now... We don't have enough money in the Catastrophic Claims Association, so they got to come back to the people for money. And that is the situation we find ourselves in, which is a very strange one. It's a very strange one. It's a strange situation. It is, you know, I'm going to look at it objectively. All right, so let's look at it objectively. Michigan's got the highest auto insurance rates in the country. It has the best coverage in the country. And for 40 years, people have been complaining about how expensive it is. It's unaffordable. It's created so many uninsured people. All of these things, which are all true. And, and I agree with each and every one of them. And I do, I'm not in support of extremely high auto insurance prices. It does not make an insurance agent's job fun. It does not make for happy customers. And in a crazy system like we had in Michigan, it just was not a good system. There clearly were things that could have been done to make it better. And there clearly are things that could have been done to make it better incrementally without going to make making all of these changes, give people money back. Then take money back from them. It just created chaos. Okay, let's just be honest. It created chaos. And we see this. This happens in government a lot, right? They, they try and make these huge changes all at once. And everywhere else in the world, like, this doesn't happen. It happens a lot in government. They try and, like, make these drastic reforms instead of doing incremental changes, right? In your life, you do incremental changes. You want to get a little better at something. You train a little harder each day. You know, you want to lose weight. You modify your diet a little bit. You exercise a little bit more, right? And you do it gradually. And then eventually maybe you become a marathon runner or something, you know? Okay, gradual change. You don't just wake up and start running marathons, right? You don't just wake up and lose 100 pounds. You make incremental changes. The government doesn't really make incremental changes. They make huge, drastic changes all at once, especially on huge policy issues like auto insurance and does that. that that's just, in my mind, it's bad governance. But I'm not a policymaker. But here, clearly, it created chaos. It did, no doubt. Now, I'm not saying there should have been no changes made, but this whole thing should have been handled differently, all right? And I think, right, getting back to the, the really the heart of the issue here, right, is looking at, I want to read this statement that's quoted in the same Detroit Free Press article I'm looking at. And this is from the attorney of 
the party suing the insurance companies and the Catastrophic Claim Association. And he said here, I have passionately believed from the time this lawsuit was filed that we had the right position, both in terms of the law and in terms of equity and fairness. And I believe that even more today. I do not believe it is legally appropriate to take patients like these who had years ago purchased these auto no-fault medical benefit policies, paid hard-earned premium for that coverage, and that coverage at that time guaranteed them lifetime medical with no caps. I do not believe it's appropriate to strip them of those purchase benefits by a subsequently enacted law. And that's exactly what the Court of Appeals held. That seems logical. We should not take benefits that people have paid for and change them later through legislation. That is not actually a fair and equitable situation, right? And I find it very interesting that a legislative body would choose to change a contract engaged into by a private company and a private individual, as they've done here. That is significant. And that's why the Court of Appeals said no, because it violates the contracts clause of the Michigan Constitution is their position, which is a very valid one. Okay, so now everyone listening is probably saying, oh my God, Peter is on this like, you know, on this role here talking about this and he's just going to make, you know, in his mind, he just wants the insurance rates to go up. That's not what I want at all. I want to have affordable auto insurance for everyone because we don't need a bunch of uninsured drivers who are endangering themselves, who, you know, are creating chaos, not through their own fault. They can't afford auto insurance, you know, especially when it's, you know, 20 times higher than everywhere else in the country. It's an absurd problem we had. Unfortunately, the solution we came up with was absurd, too, evidenced by the fact that they gave us all back $400 per car and now want to take every year going forward. They want to take 43 bucks of the 400 back. It's just it, it seemed like a big waste of time, a big waste of resources, a big waste of energy, even sending the money back in the first place when you knew you were going to need it back. It doesn't make any sense. So this is what this case has recently done. And unless the Supreme Court comes in and says, no, 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 the Court of Appeals was wrong, which frankly I don't see happening because they've they've already ruled that they're not going to suspend the Court of Appeals ruling before they hear the case, which is probably a pretty good sign that they're not going to change their mind on the case. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't follow the Michigan Supreme Court very closely, but logically that's what I would believe. So it's also important to know that this case changes this one part of the law with the accidents that happened before the law was enacted. Going forward, this is the way it is. Okay, no problem. And I think that's the way it should be, right? Going forward, this is the way it should be. If we pass a new law that says X is legal and Y is illegal after the law is passed, that's the way it should be. That's how civilized societies governed. But should we allow a law to be made that says you have to purchase these, you have to pay a ton of money, it has to be unaffordable. Oh, but oh wait, we changed our minds, we passed a new law, and now even though you bought that all under the old system, uh, the insurance company doesn't have to pay what they had to pay before. 
That's crazy. That's insane. That is the government propping up an industry. That is the government honestly saying these people who were injured that paid for these benefits aren't entitled to them anymore. I don't know. Is that a government that's really accountable to the people or is that the government that's accountable to companies that don't want to pay it? I don't know. I'm pointing out, I don't think that's the way they should have done it. That's for each and every one of you to decide. And frankly, it's a consideration you should make, you know, when you're deciding what candidates to vote for. There's a huge amount of issues, you know, in our lives every day that our government affects. Um, and this is one of them. It's a big one in Michigan. And, you know, maybe this is something we should be thinking about. Is this, you know, if you were in the position where one of your family members, friends, colleagues was in a horrible auto accident, they were getting this treatment, it's treatment that they paid for, it was treatment that's happening in their home, even though it didn't, you know, that was not the system that goes on in the other 49 states, but they paid for those benefits, uncapped, unlimited lifetime. And then the government comes in and tries to say, no, 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 you paid for them, but you know what, we don't have to do it anymore. It's kind of crazy. In my opinion, maybe you disagree. And if you do, I'd love to hear from you because I love hearing people have different opinions than me. And oftentimes I change my opinions because I listen to well-reasoned, smart people articulate their position. So I'm not saying that as like to be funny, like, you know, if you disagree with me, call me and, you know, I'm going to make fun of you. No, I want to hear your position. I want you to tell me why. Maybe you're going to be persuasive. Maybe you're so persuasive that I change my position on it. I am not above being educated on anything not even insurance, where there's always room to hear an other person's opinion respectfully, agree, disagree, maybe they change your mind. So this is what's gone on in PIP reform. Now, in a couple minutes that we have left, I want to tell you things that did not change. Things that did not change, you still have choices for PIP reform in Michigan. You can still pick to have unlimited benefits. You can still pick to have a half million. You can still pick to have a quarter million. You can still, in certain cases, if you have the right health insurance, opt out. You can still do those things. This case only relates to the subset of claims that happened before the law was enacted where they tried to cut the benefits of those people. That's all this case has done. And the case is not over yet, right? The Court of Appeals has heard the case, the Supreme Court can still hear the case, and maybe they will change things. And then maybe if they do, and then maybe everyone won't have to give back the $43 from the 400 that they got. Again, my suspicion is that they're going to agree with the Court of Appeals, but we don't know. We'll know soon, but we don't know at this time. So auto insurance reform in Michigan has been a very, very, very interesting thing. It has been going on since 2019 when the law was signed. It's carried through 2020, even in the middle of a global pandemic, right? Auto insurance reform changed in July of 2020. And here we are in 2022, October, still talking about auto insurance reform. And maybe one of the biggest cost savings components, maybe actually isn't even legal after all, maybe isn't even allowed to happen under the contracts clause of the Michigan Constitution. You know, 
Three years later, over three years, maybe almost three and a half years since the time the governor signed the bill, we have now found out that part of it may not have even been constitutional. And according to the Michigan Court of Appeals, is not constitutional. Now, the Michigan Supreme Court will have the final say on that. But this is why government, everything in government takes a very long time because the courts take a long time because we want to, and maybe it's not a bad thing that it takes a long time. Maybe it's a good thing. We can have a fully contemplated, you know, we want to, you know, take our time understanding all sides of the issue so we can make an informed decision. But it's important to know that next year you're going to be paying more as of today. You're going to be paying more for auto insurance because you're going to have this extra fee going back to the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association. And the craziest part about that is those are the same guys that gave you back the $400 earlier this year. So things are always interesting in Michigan auto insurance. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to keep you up to date on these important changes that have happened in Michigan. We hope to deliver Good news uh, as we continue to brief you on this. And I guess, you know, what is good news here? It depends on your perspective. If your perspective is, I don't really care much about people who got into an auto accident and paid for whatever before. It doesn't affect me. I'm worried about my pocketbook. Then good news for you, I suppose, in that situation would be that the Michigan Supreme Court um, reverses uh, the Court of Appeals decision. If good news for you is saying, hey, I think that... Michigan insurance companies and the Catastrophic Claims Association should live up to what they uh, promised people when they sold them auto insurance policies and then they needed them, then uh, good news to you may be the Michigan Supreme Court holding the Michigan Court of Appeals ruling. So it's interesting. It's fascinating. Things never stay the same too long, especially in Michigan auto insurance. Thanks for tuning in and staying up to date on this. Please contact me anytime. My email is peter at encoreinsurance.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to helping you with any questions you might have. We're always interested in helping you learn more about your auto insurance, learn more about your home insurance, save some money while doing it. Reach out to us. We're happy to help you. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Insurance Made Simple.